if you'd open your Bible to 2 Thessalonians. Hmm. <clears throat> kind of last week we did most of the legwork for this one. Um, I'm going to read 2 Thessalonians uh, verse 1 and 2, and then we'll divide it. I figured she's going to get me a drink. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 1 says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word, nor by a letter as from us, as that the day of the Lord is at hand. So we studied this last week, verse 1. You're talking about our coming, uh, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together unto him. That's talking about the rapture. Uh, we talked about how the gathering together is another... Uh, early church word that they used for the rapture when we'd all be gathered together. You think of uh, Hebrews when it talks about the forsake not the assembling of ourselves together, about us all being in one place. And, and this we will truly all be in one place as we're all called up together to meet him in the skies. And so Paul's topic is about that, about the rapture of the church. And that's what chapter 2 is about. And we talked about why and, and some things last week in detail. Um, but the main reason he gets into in verse 2, verse 2 says, that you be not soon shaken in mind. He says they're upset. They're upset over this. And he's already talked to them about this before. We saw last week in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, they're upset that the rapture is going to happen. Uh, and then some of their loved ones had died. that They'd been either killed or, or died. And they're like, are they going to miss the rapture? And he writes them this letter. No, they're not going to miss it. You know, that the dead in Christ will rise first. You know, then we which are alive and remain shall go up to meet, the, uh, meet uh, together to meet them in the air. And wherefore comfort one another. And so he's already taking care of that. Chapter 5. Let's go ahead and read that again real fast. Chapter, uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Uh, verse 1 says, But of the times of the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord, remember that's a very specific term, that's talking about the end times, that's talking about the terrible day of the Lord, it's also known as just awful, uh, when all hell and lo- uh, earth breaks loose, when God's wrath is poured out on the world. He says, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord shall come as a thief in the night. And we talked about that, and that's on last week's lesson, verse 3. So for when they shall call, when they shall say, peace and safety, and when I can read, when they shall say, peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman and with child, and they shall not escape. So notice all the they's, them, they. You know, it's not about him. This is all about or us. It's about them. Verse 4 says, but ye, brethren, this is about us, or not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. That's not for us. We're not going to be here. He's reiterating everything he's already told him in chapter 4. We're not going to be here. Verse 5, you are the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of, nar- of darkness. Therefore, let us sleep as other, uh, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that uh, be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of, uh, of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we uh, wake or sleep, that we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort, comfort yourselves together, and edify one another, even as you also do. And so he says, this is, this is comforting to us. We don't have to worry about the day of the Lord. We don't have to worry about all that wrath. We don't have to worry about the tribulation. We're gone before that. The rapture happens first. We don't look for the tribulation. We're not looking for all these signs of the times. We're looking for the sun. We're, we're waiting for the glorious appearing of Jesus Christ. And so he's, he's just told him that. And we went through the history last time how he was only there three weeks. 
gets uh, forced away. Um, um, we talked about the things they studied and all. Uh, and then he sends uh, Timothy back. Timothy goes, gives him a good report. They still believe that they have these questions, so he writes them this letter to answer that question. Now it's just been a few months later. Now he's having to write them Second Thessalonians because they're upset again, and that's where we are in Second Thessalonians chapter two. Um, they are uh, <clears throat> they are upset. They are shaken in mind. Uh, part of why they're shaken in mind, why are they upset, is because of Second Thessalonians chapter one verse four says, um, "So that ye are, um, so that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith and all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure." This church was going through some great persecution. Some great tribulation. They were warring against them. They were they were being killed for their faith. Uh, we saw that too in First uh, Thessalonians chapter three. Even um, Timothy reports that they are being persecuted, and they were taking it. They were enduring, and he encourages them. He says, "Because I told you that in those three weeks, I told you that as a young Christians, you would be uh, persecuted. You would suffer for your faith." And so he's telling them that. Uh, so chapter two, verse two says, "That you be not soon shaken in mind." Or be troubled. And so they're, they're, they're upset. And they're upset concerning the rapture of the church. Um, let's see, i got to have my notes out of order. Um, so something has happened to trouble them. You know, before, um, in 1 Thessalonians 3, 1 through 3, they're enduring. Um, they're, they're doing okay, even though they knew about the tribulation. He says, I told you it was going to happen. They were enduring those afflictions. Um, in chapter 1, he addresses it again. We know that you're being persecuted, that you're going through tribulations. And in chapter 2, he says, you know, our hope uh, and, and the things that we look for is the, you know, the, the rapture of Jesus Christ. Well, or the rapture will, will, will be raptured to Jesus Christ. He said, so something has happened that's troubled them. So what has happened to trouble them? Verse 2 tells us, he says, be not soon shaken in mind, nor be troubled, troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, as that the day of the Lord is at hand. They thought the day of the Lord was at hand. They thought that they were in it. They thought it was going on now. So the spirit and the word and the letter from Paul, uh, he says from us. So, so they got a letter from Paul or, or Silas or Timothy, supposed letter, that said that you're in the day of the Lord. And they're like, wait a minute. You were here. You taught us. Um, we, we see that later in chapter 2 that he taught them all this before. Um, he taught them that in, in, in the first letter to the Thessalonians. He taught them the rapture happens first. You have to worry about the day of the Lord. Now they get a letter. You know, they're being persecuted. Someone comes and says, uh, it's a po- uh, these um, imposters. And they're saying, Paul, you're being persecuted because you are in the day of the Lord. You've missed the rapture. And uh, they're like, well, no, they can't be. And they're like, aha, we have a letter from Paul. And he pulls it out. And it's got their signature on it. And they think. And, and, and so they're upset. They're like, wait a minute. We, we thought this. And they're, and they're just baby Christians. And so they thought that they were in the day of the Lord. They thought that they were in this last judgment. And we talked about how the, the day of the Lord is a this technical term, or this one. The King James says that the day of Christ is at hand. The same thing, the day of the Lord is at hand. Um, and so they thought that they were in it. And like I said, we talked about most of this last week. Uh, you can get the, uh, uh, Gerald's got the MP3 that you can get if you, need, if you missed it. Um, so they were enduring a bit and they were upset, but now they're, they're troubled because they think that they're already in it. And they're thinking, Paul, you told us that we would be raptured. This was not for us. Verse 3, he goes on then. He says, let no man deceive you by any means. <laughs> I think that's good. He says, let no man deceive you by any means. Um, he wants to comfort them. He, he wants them to stand fast. He wants them to make sure um, that, that they could keep on keeping on. And he says, um, I don't care how they're going to deceive you by any means. You're to hold fast to what we've already been told. Uh, he goes, I don't care what means they use. I don't care if it's a spirit. 
or a letter or a word, you know, that's, that's what they've already been in trouble by. And in our case, you could probably up that by a video or by a book or by a website or by a DVD or by some CD or any kind of new teaching. Um, God does not change. When anybody has a new teaching and that's going on all the time, here's a new teaching from you. Uh, we stick to the old teaching. We stick to the, to the word, word of God. That's, that's what we're supposed to stick to. And yet these new things, they twist it and they turn it. He says, you go by what I've already told you. I'm not going to change. God doesn't change. You go by that. And so he says, I, he goes, let no man deceive you by any means, by, by no means at all. And he's going to give them other things to prove that, he's, that they're not in the day of the Lord and that they have not missed the rapture. Um, the comforting thing is he's comforting them because they think they've missed the rapture. Uh, and he's going to tell them, no, here's some identifiers to prove that we have not missed the rapture. The cool thing is, we haven't seen these things he's going to list either. So that means we haven't missed the rapture. We haven't missed the end times. That it hasn't happened yet. And so um, the rapture is still imminent for us as it was for them. Uh, he, he was teaching them to, to continue on, you know, waiting for the soon return of the Lord. We're to continue on, waiting for the soon return of the Lord. And so verse 3, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come. What's that day? What, 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 when he mentions that day, what day is he mentioning? Referring back to the day of the Lord. Going back to the day of the Lord again, right? He's saying, that day, the one he was just talking about, he goes, the day of the Lord. It shall not come. He says, it shall not come. In other words, these things are going to have to happen. In these, verse 3, except um, there come a falling away first, and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. That except uh, can be interpreted unless. Does anybody have like unless or until? Yeah, until this is, you know, these things will not happen until or unless this this happens. And he's going to tell us some things that have to happen before the day of the Lord will come. Now, is he going to tell us everything that has to happen before the day of the Lord will come? No. Um, but he's going to tell us a key and obvious thing. There's a lot of things he could tell us. Uh, matter of fact, mark your spot here. And let's just look at a few. Let's go to Joel. Um, the book, Joel, not my son, Joel. Let's go ask Joel. My daddy says no. <laughs> Joel chapter 2. That's how he talked to. My daddy says no. Uh, Joel chapter 2. And verse 30. <clears throat> Joel 2 and verse 30 says, And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, uh, blood and fire and pillars of smoke, the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come. Well, there's, there's some identifiers we could look for. We could look for um, these wonders in the heaven. I wonder what that could mean. Uh, I'll look at that later. But he says, uh, wonders in the heaven and the earth. And it says blood and fire and pillars of smoke, sun turned into darkness. We haven't seen that. We, we might get an eclipse every once in a while, but we don't just have the sun going out. The moon turned to blood. So there's some visual things that they can look for. Look at chapter 3 of the book of Joel. Chapter 3 and verse 13 says, Put ye in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, get you down, for the press is full. The fats overflow, for their wickedness is great. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. What do you reckon that multitudes in the valley of decision would be? We think that's a reference to 
Armageddon, yeah, there's the Valley of Armageddon. If you've ever seen pictures of that, I think they say Napoleon, as he marched through there, would look at it and say, this would be the perfect place to wage a war. And um, These multitudes, have they been gathered in the Valley of Decision? Are they there? Are they pouring in? They haven't yet, but they will be, angel. Huh? Oh, I thought you you just amen in? All right, amen. You've been there? It's a cool valley? It's a big valley? Yeah. I've seen pictures, but it is. Big, but they says that they're going to pour into there. We haven't seen that yet. Um, look at Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 14. Now, there are many others. I just wanted to kind of look at a couple. Uh, Zechariah 14 and verse 1 says, Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, and thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken, and the houses rifled, and the women ravished, and half the city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Uh, We haven't seen that either. All the world comes against Jerusalem to do battle, and every nation comes there to fight against them. Uh, We've not seen that. So Paul could have pointed to any of these, but he didn't. But he didn't. Uh, If you turn back to 2 Thessalonians, we'll look at what he did point to. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 3 says, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come. Except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. So he gives us this thing. He tells us the falling away. Does anybody's Bible interpret it differently? It gives a different thing for the falling away? The rebellion. That's an excellent way to interpret it. Uh, apostasy. That was another one I expected to see. Uh, and that's probably more in the terms that we would do. Anybody else have something else? So apostasy, the rebellion, the falling away. Um, apostasy, this is what's a very good term. Rebellion is excellent because the apostasy means the rebellion. It means the revolt. Uh, it's a re- religious defection. You're saying you're this way, then all of a sudden you cast it off. You know, it's like, oh, you, know, you were holding to this, and then you cast it off. So what's that mean? Is that just a general sense? In the last days, there will be an apostasy? Uh, maybe. Uh, does it mean... Uh, church apathy, we would have that today, and you'd probably have that from the beginning of the church. Does it mean rebellion in the church, those people who were in the church and they've rebelled against it? We've had that since the creation of the church too. How about revolts in the church, those who said they believed and they've cast it off? Uh, There's the Freedom From Religion Foundation that's uh, uh, every time, well, you'll probably hear their name a bunch this month, every time somebody puts a manger on the courthouse, they'll sue. Uh, Every time there's a Ten Commandments, the Freedom From Religion, it's run by uh, Dan Barker. He was a pastor for like 10 years, and then he revolted, rebelled against it. There's an atheist and says that we have nothing. He has a whole album out of praise songs to nothing. Yeah, that's what he calls it. And it's stupid songs about stupid things. <laughs> but, uh, I believe in nothing. And it's just dumb songs. But uh, <laughs> it's like, think about what you're doing here. Uh, but uh, he's freedom from intelligence, I think. Um, but but it's, that, that's a revolt. And that's a, a revolt in the church, but that's not what he's talking about. Is it just people who quit church, people who are faithful, and all of a sudden they just quit? That's apostasy, or that's, that's quitting the church, but it's not that. It's not talking about cults. You know, think about cults that say their name in the name of Christ, but then they're totally apostate by, by doing something else. I would think of the Mormons, Jehovah Witnesses, uh, places like that, uh, that, that, that say that they're doing things for the name of Christ, but it's twisted and perverted and it's pointing to something else. It's, it's not that. Um, 
There's other things we might consider it to be, but it, but it's not. But I want to go ahead and look at it. Look at First uh, Timothy, just to your right there a little bit. First Timothy chapter four. First Timothy four and verse one says, "Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their consciences seared with a hot iron." Forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving uh, of truth, which believe and know the truth. And then he goes on. But is that it? It says that some are going to depart from the faith. Is that the apostasy? It's an apostasy. Is that the one he's talking about in Second Thessalonians? No, I don't think so. How about in Second um, Timothy, chapter three? Second Timothy, chapter three, and verse one says. And notice, we just looked at. We talked about the Thessalonians. Paul was with him three weeks. He talked about end times things in great detail. Here he's writing to the young pastor Timothy, um, his last letter here in Second Timothy. He's already talked about him in the last times. And here in chapter Second uh, Timothy chapter 3, he's going to talk about the last times. It's important to study the last times. As we talked about last week, that Paul, within those three weeks, had already told them everything because he says, you should already know this. I've already told you. Uh, but here we are in, in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1. says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying uh, the power thereof from such turn away. Well, that's apostasy too. That They say they have God, but they just have a form of it, but they, they turn away. That's just that fake religious church. Matter of fact, we just went through the seven letters to the seven churches. Majority of them, well, I'd say just about all of them. Uh, but maybe one talked about those fake ones in their congregation, you know, that they had the, uh, those who say they are Jews and they are not, those who say they are this but they are not. Then you get to Laodicea, which was what? All false Christians. He goes, I, I, you know, I beg of you, you know, buy of me gold tried in the fire. He, he says they were all false ones, but he's not talking about that either. What about Second Peter? It says it's going to get bad in the last days, and we know it's going to get markedly bad that way, and we can testify that it's getting bad. As you know, in our late date, um, but it's not the specific event that Paul's talking about. Look at Second uh, Peter, chapter two and verse ten, talking about these. I guess these false prophets, these false teachers, false preachers, uh, bad shepherds. Second um, Peter, chapter two, verse ten says, "But chiefly them that walk after the flesh of the lust of uncleanness." Despise government, presumptuous are they, self-willed. Uh, they are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. Um, there's a man out there preaching right now that's praying, you know, that I pray Obama dies. He does it from his pulpit. They're playing that I pray that he get these. He, he might fall under this category. Oh, you know, speaking ill, evil of the dignities. Verse 11, whereas angels, which are greater in power and in might, bring not railing accusations against them before the Lord. But these, as natural brute beasts, made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of things that they understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own corruption, and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as they uh, that count it pleasure to riot in the daytime. Spots they are, and blemishes, sporting, uh, 
sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast uh, with you. These are false preachers. These are false teachers, the ones that are saying, God doesn't want you to repent of that sin. He loves you in your sin. He loves you to do this. He wants you to do this. And we'll embrace you in that. And we'll forsake everything that we've ever stood for. And, um, that's scary. We see that going on countlessly in America today. Verse 14, having eyes full of adultery that cannot cease from sin, uh, beguiling unstable souls, in heart they have uh, exercised with covetous practices, cursed children, which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray, falling after the way of Balaam, the son of uh, Bozar, uh, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. And Balaam, you know, sold uh, the, the things he was supposed to be doing. He, he twisted and perverted them, sold them into idolatry. It's the same thing with preachers today who won't stand up and speak the truth. Uh, my wife and I heard this guy last week at my uh, uh, co-worker's wife's funeral. I can't say anybody's in heaven, but let me tell you how she's in heaven. Did she ever say Jesus' name? Did she ever believe that? Did she ever I mean, just kind of basically preached her into heaven? Now, she wasn't religious, and she loved her beer, and this went through all these things. And then, man, it's just, I just wanted to say, shame on you. I was thankful to get to work the next day, and another co-worker that's a Christian saying, didn't you think that was awful? And, I'm like, yeah. and even another guy, lost guy saying, I didn't think that was very good. You're right. I mean, it's that bad. It was just that. That's just saying nothing to just, it's like, no, there's got to be something that divides, something you stand for. I think God's a just God, but he didn't preach it right. Verse 16 says, but uh, was rebuked, uh, rebuked, rebuked of his iniquity. Um, the dumb donkey speaking with the man's voice uh, forbade the badness of the prophet. And um, these are wells without water. See, they promise to satisfy, but they're dry. Clouds that carry with a tempest to whom the midst of darkness was reserved forever. The clouds without rain. Verse 18. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lusts of the flesh, through much wantonness. Those that were, um, those that were clean escape from them who live by error. It's talking about this pleasing the flesh. You know, bring them in. Put on the show. Church isn't the show. Church is uh, to, Worship Jesus Christ, verse 19. Uh, While they promise them liberty, they themselves are servants of corruption. For the whom uh, a man is overcome, the same is he brought into bondage. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse than them from the beginning. For it had better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they had known it, to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But as happened unto them according to the true proverb, the dog has turned to his own vomit again, and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. It says they'd heard the truth, they forsake it, and they like the things that itch their ears better. They like the power, they like the money, they like whatever else. That's not, that's not the same one. That's not the one. How about chapter 3, verse 3? It says, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts, uh, saying, where is he the, in the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. There's apostasy. They're denying him. They even deny the flood in this one. They said, I never flooded. How about Jude? If you look at Jude, it talks about these apostates. Jude, in verse 15, it says, um, The Lord's going to come to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly. Um, among them of their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed, of all their hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken against them. These are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lusts, and their mouth speaketh great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. But, beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how they told you that there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the Spirit. 
Uh, I think Jude wants to let you make the point in that these are not godly. These are the ungodly. <laughs> How many times does he say that? Ungodly one, the ungodly one, the ungodly one. These are apostates. But is that the apostate he's, apostasy he's talking about? No. If we turn back to Second Thessalonians, it's going to get bad. And we can look at the scriptures here. We've just seen it. It's going to get bad. Apostasy is going to be rampant. It's going to be a rare and a hard thing for someone to hold to the truth and cling to the truth. And even Jesus preached on that. Hold fast to that which you have until I come. We're to fight for the gospel. We're to stand for the gospel. We're not to go with whatever is current and popular. We're to go with what he has told us. So verse 3, it says, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. Except there come a falling away first. Uh, does anybody read differently there? Should, should, unless the, oh, I guess we talked about that. The, the apostasy. Uh, uh, the, unless, uh, it should have that personal, uh, the, the, the single identifier, the, in front of it. There, you know, so, Except there come a falling away, or the falling away. It's more emphatic like that. There's going to be one apostasy. There will be one great uh, event that is very... Um, apostate, something that is very um, uh, rebellious, uh, as Tim gave, that, that's a revolt against God. Does anybody want to take a stab at what that event is that he's talking about? Abomination, Abomination of desolation. Because we've been studying Daniel. The ladies have been, and we've studied it this summer. That's the event. And Jesus uses an identifier in Matthew 24. It's the same one. He says, you're going to see that when you see that apostasy, that, that thing that is really... You know, the, the awfulest thing that we can think of, he says, then we know, and he, then he's going to tell something else. There's going to be the, the, this apostasy, this, uh, come and says, then that man of sin will be revealed, the son of perdition. He says, through the apostasy, the man of sin will be revealed. Who's the man of sin? Antichrist. He gives us the second title there, the son of perdition. The son of perdition. Hold your spot and look at John chapter 17 real fast. John 17 and verse 12 says, While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Who's the son of perdition that Jesus is talking about there? Judas. Judas, who betrayed Jesus Christ. Judas, who lived with him for three years. Judas, who was the treasurer. Judas, who heard him teach, heard him speak more than anybody, you know, the 12 were with him all the time. Others, he'd come into a town and he would leave. He was with him, he was with him, he was with him. Judas, the one who sold him for a slave's price, 30 pieces of silver. Judas, who took it, went into the temple and cast it out and then went out and hung himself and went to his own place, Scripture tells us. Uh, son of perdition, son of destruction is what it means, son uh, of the desolate one. Man, the son of perdition. Who would be worse than, the, than Judas, one who'd been with him and, 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 and handled him and seen him, who would be worse than him except for the Antichrist? He would be the son of perdition. He's supposed to be a hundred Judases rolled into one. He is the most vile thing that, that's ever been created. It says he will be revealed. And the thing that will reveal him for who he is, because the reveal there means that he's already around. It doesn't mean like, and then the son of perdition shall be born. It's not saying that. He's already alive. He's already doing things. As a matter of fact, from Scripture, we know that he'll be ruling the world at that point in time. Now, turn to Revelation 13. Yeah, he, he's he's like the Uberman, as uh, Nietzsche put him. He would be the Superman. He's the men of men. Uh, he would be 
He'll be a real, real man. He'll be satanically indwelt. Um, uh, yeah, Revelation 13, verse 1 says, And I stood upon the sand of the sea, and I saw, uh, and I saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. Now, if you remember when we were studying Daniel, we talked about uh, the horns. Does anybody remember what a horn, horn stands for? Power. You know, he has this great strength, so he has these horns. Uh, heads means intelligence. We know eyes mean intelligence. On top of that, he has these crowns, these ten crowns. Um, and so it's talking about world domination. You know, he's got the strength. He, he has this. But look how he has it. He has on his crowns blasphemies. I mean, this is just his nature. We, we studied that in Daniel too, how he's always speaking these great swelling words. Verse 2. And the beast which I saw was likened to a leopard, and his feet were like the feet of a bear, and his mouth was like the mouth of a lion. What's that sound like? Ladies? You've been <laughs> studying Daniel? Uh, is that not the, the, the beast that he described? The, the world powers? I mean, it, wasn't that how it went the same way with the, uh, with the, the, the leopard and the bear and the, the what else do they have there? The beast which I saw was like a leopard. His feet and the bear and the dragon gave him these powers. That's, that's the Satan. But he's talking about these world powers. He's a couple of them all rolled into one. He's more than, than these others are. This is the dragon gave him his power. Who's the dragon? Satan has given him his power and his seat and his great authority. Satan is empowering this man. Uh, it told us with Judas that what? Satan entered into him and he went and betrayed him. Satan enters into him, this other son of perdition. He said, I saw one of his heads that were wounded, and it gets into this. We'll, we'll study the Antichrist uh, more later. I have a whole study on the, the life and the end time of, of, of the Antichrist. Um, but, but he's ruling the world. He's really, he has these crowns, and he has these heads, and he has these, the world powers he's seen in him with the, with the leopards and the beasts that are there. He's, he's the world leader. Uh, but we know from the scriptures that he does it with peace. He doesn't do it with war. He does it, um, uh, talks about the, he's, he, he's with the whore of Babylon and that he's, he's, he's been talking nice with all the religions. We know in Daniel uh, chapter 9 that he signs the peace agreement with Israel. He, he, chances are he goes into the temple already. He's already seen as a great worshiper. He probably talks all the God words to the right people in the right time. You know, just like when the politicians get ready to run, they'll give me buzzwords for faith and they'll say the, well, my faith is strong. It's a personal faith, not one that I should share. Because they're just saying, it's just a mockery. He has the same thing, and all the people buy into it, and all the world religions want it, because it's all about um, universalism. Can't we all get along? Can't we all have that? He'll just tie it all together. Yes, we'll just reunite them all. We'll pull them all together. It's already starting that way. Let's tear down the walls of division. Divisions divide. It's the division that starts wars, because you say you're right and we're wrong. That's where all the holy wars come from. Let's just do away with that, and... He's king of it all. Let's just work it all. And he puts it all. He's in charge of it all. And they think that he's just the greatest thing. Matter of fact, they think he's the Messiah, don't they? That's why he's the Antichrist. He's a Christ type, but he's the, wrong, he's the opposite of it. And they think he's it. But something reveals his true nature. What reveals it? it tells us right there in 2 Timothy, or 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Except there come the falling away of her, the apostasy, and then the man of sin will be revealed. All of a sudden they know who he is. He's been lying to them. They've been buying the lie. They've taken the mark and they've been worshiping him. And then he goes in, um, the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel. Uh, Jesus talks about it. What's he say? When you see that happen, stand around and look. No. He says, run. <laughs> you go into the desert. You go and woe that you beat out with a child that day because you can't get away fast enough. You go and you just drop it all. Don't be on the, you just run. You get away as far away as you can because he goes, it's coming down now. And what's he do? He makes war with the saints. He tries to kill every person who names the name of Christ. He tries to na- kill all the Jews. It's been done before. You would think, could a man be like this? As Linda asked, you know, could this be a man uh, just born of a woman? Antiochus Epiphany was a type. 
He called himself Antiochus the Great. They called him Antiochus Epimenes, which meant the crazy one or the lunatic or something like that, madman, yeah. So it's, they thought he's, he's crazy. Let's see Nero. He thought he'd do that, try to wear out the saints. You go all up to um, you know, Hitler. Hitler was more so than ever. I was listening to John MacArthur, and he was talking about uh, a book that came out in 69 and one that came out in 70. How satanic. I mean, how he went and sought these black monks out of uh, the Himalayans. That uh, I'd heard about the hollow earth before, that he thought the earth was hollow, and that he would send guys into all these mouths of the volcano thinking he could get down. But he, he thought that there was these people that lived in the center of the earth, that there were these supreme beings that would give him his power. I think hell's in the center of the earth. I think, at least from what Scripture tells us, you go down, it's there. He was trying to make a league with them. And it's from these books called The Hollow Earth that he was studying that told him how to take the children and to turn them into these warriors for him. He called them his werewolves and how he wanted to turn them loose and, and to go out. And if, my wife and I watched one little thing on the, on the, on the Hitler youth and, and what he was doing. It's just make them go out and beat each other up to just break them down where they would have no love for the mankind, just turn them into animals. Talk about people that were close to him. How when he spoke, any time you're around him, he had one voice. When he spoke in front of the people, the power that he had, they said it wasn't his voice. They talked about those who guarded his house, said that he would scream out all through the night and wrestle and thrash around and be paralyzed and stomp around saying, he's in the corner, he's in the corner, he's coming for me. It's like he was in league with Satan himself. And the only way to get out of the hollow earth cult was to commit suicide, and all those around him did. The Antichrist has a false prophet, the one who's the religious leader that points to him, to him and gives him his power that we'll see as that's played out. Hitler had that too. He had a man who was this spiritual leader, and uh, he killed himself and shot his wife too. But he's the one who, was the, uh, who, who, would, who would channel this spirit they said to him. The Nazi symbol was not a German symbol. It came out of uh, China. It was one of their occultic symbols for this hollow earth cult. And, uh, he was. He tried to kill the Jews. He tried to kill anybody that helped the Jews. He tried to kill anybody. He wanted to kill uh, the blacks. He wanted to kill the gypsies. He wanted to kill them all. Blame them all. Make The Third Reich will bring down paradise. Make me the world ruler. See, Satan doesn't know when the end times are going to happen, so he always has somebody ready. Satan was ready. He was there. He's, he's working now. He has somebody, because remember John told us, there are many antichrists. You know, he's already here. Go ahead. I couldn't that he had a fascination somewhere there was a sword display. Yep, he carried the relic around. He thought if he could put it before him, that's why the Raiders of the Lost Ark movie is pretty true because he thought if he could have that, nobody could defeat him. He had uh, something else. He had a couple of assassination attempts, and he had a blood-stained book and a blood-stained flag where people had shot him. He said, see, I'm invincible. You can't stop me. He had these holy relics that they would come and worship, and the spear that stabbed Christ, and something else, too, but I can't remember. He had something else. He was a wicked man. Yeah. I think also that the real one that's going to find about all the rest of them is always apathy surrounding you know, <laughs> the apathy, apathy of the Germans looking mm-hmm. the other way, the apathy of... Tolerance, um, as long as long as it make is going to make it better for me. Okay, uh, I remember I've got that quote. Yeah, you know they came for the Jews, they came for the blacks, they came for my neighbor, then they came for me. You know, it's like never stood up for anything, no human rights. It's, it'll be the same thing. It'll be, they'll be like, don't you hate the Christians? They're the ones who are always making it hard. Don't they make your life hard? Don't they? Uh, they're always one telling you no. They're ruining your fun. They're getting your shows taken off. They're wanting you to censor this, censor that. You know, they're just the big killjoys of the world. That's why I think he'll reveal himself. It was as when the rapture happens. I made him go away. 
I did it for you. Let me, let me lead it. Something along that line. Yeah. I think the apostasy, I think they finally understand when he desecrates the, the that, I think they realize it's not him because that's why Jesus. I had read that it, it would be set up the temple which would be reestablished. Yeah, there will be a temple. Then he goes in and. Cre- yeah, treaty with the Jews. Mm hmm. Uh, they at least think that he's paving the way. He's not. I don't believe he's Jewish. Uh, no, many do. I think maybe the false prophet might be. Um, we'll get into that when we look more into their 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 personalities. But no, you don't go in. You don't do that. You don't sacrifice that because he goes in. and He sets up an idol of himself. Declares himself to be God. There's the great apostasy, and also says, "Now worship me." And before he's been doing it, you know, he's under the radar. People just think he's a good leader. People think he's he's got the answers to their problems. Boy, this is better than it's ever been. Uh, then all of a sudden, he, he's, it's just bloodbath. He, uh, Daniel tells us a lot of things. He'll worship the god of war. He'll he puts away the natural use of a woman. He, there's a lot of we have a lot of key things that we can study about him, and he's just it's all about bloodshed, killing everybody and anything. Just well. Same thing as Satan. He hates us. He hates his Im- the image barriers of God. He wants to set himself up as God. He wants to be the king of Jerusalem. Why would he fight over that? Because God said, this is my city, this is my people. So Satan's like, I want it. I'll go in, I'll take the temple, I'll put up my image on it, you'll worship me, and I will be the, the God that you'll all pray to, and I will be the one who destroys everybody else. And so that's what he's trying to do, and this is going to be acted out. You have the unholy trinity of Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet. And uh, We'll study more of them later too, but he's... He says here, they'll be revealed. So that's it. He gives them that, that one thing. Uh, verse 4, let's, let's read this real fast. It says, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God. See, this is the, this is the apostasy. It's talking about the abomination of desolation. He's giving them these details. Or is worshipped. And so that he even takes above anything else, any other thing that is worshipped. You know, not just God with a capital G there, but any other kind of worship. So that he is God, sitting in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. We have more details here about what the abomination of desolation is than we had in Daniel, that we had in Matthew. So this is what he's going to do. He's going to declare himself to be God out of God's temple. Uh, He says, remember you not that when I was with you, I told you these things? That's the amazing thing. He'd already gone into all this great detail in those three weeks that he was with them. And the amazing thing is, He's just giving them a refresher course here. We've already learned more than we've known in Scripture. What was it like when Paul was there for three weeks telling them about the end time? And here's a detail, and he's just now trying to remember. I'm trying to put you in remembrance of this. He's already told them all this. Um, Verse 6 says, And now you know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. See, he said the spirit of Antichrist is already here. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. What do you reckon that's a reference to? The rapture, the Holy Spirit dwells in believers, doesn't he? Um, in the Old Testament, um, the Spirit would come upon someone for a time, and then it would go away and come upon someone for a time. He indwells us now completely. We're the restraining agents. We're supposed to be the thermostat changing the temperature of the world. No, that's a sin. No, that's wrong. No, we stand up for that. That's what's right. Then we're taken out of the way. All restraint is gone. Um, not that you know, the Holy Spirit's omnipresent too. He's all everywhere, but he's taken out of the way. Verse 8, and says, Then shall that wicked be revealed. Whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth. I like how he says he's going to be revealed, but he's going to tell us his end too. He's got three and a half years. Then he will be consumed with the spirit of his mouth, and he destroyed with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders. So all those who say, I've got to see to believe, they're going to be, they're going to be duped. 
Verse 10, and with all deceivableness and unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not uh, the love of the truth that they might be saved. They'd forsaken the gospel and embraced the antithesis of the opposite of it. Um, that's not antithesis, whatever. Uh, verse 11 says, for this cause God shall send them a strong delusion and they shall believe a lie that they all might be damned who believed not the truth but, but had no pleasure in, uh, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath uh, from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth, whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of, um, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you have been taught. He said, Don't, nothing's changed from my first letter to this letter. Just keep old. He says, whether by word or by epistle, I don't care if anybody writes anything else to you. Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself, God, even our Father, which hath loved us, and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace. Comfort your hearts, establish you in every good word and of work. He said, this should be a comfort to you. You're not in the day of the Lord. You're not going to see the day of the Lord. We're looking for the rapture. We're not to be looking for the Antichrist. He doesn't say, hey, keep an eye on the Antichrist. Make sure you see that. He says, those things have to happen first. But see... You can't be in the end times. Those things have to happen. We haven't seen those things. He hasn't come yet, and he comes before all those things, so the rapture comes before all that. And there's other things we'll look at next week that I think are identifiers for the pre-tribulational rapture. Then we'll go and we'll talk about the rapture, and then we'll um, uh, take it from there, and we'll look at these other things. But, yeah. It's interesting there in verse 10. Flash back to you know, probably the most known verse in the Bible, John 3, 16. Mm-hmm. It talks about... Um, will not be perishing in John 3, 16. <laughs> and here it's addressing the ones who are perishing. Will be perishing. It, it's a complete contradiction right there. It's the flip, huh? say that the Christians were there at the time. Mm. No. Yep. They're gone. Yep. And so that's why the judgment comes on all those then that dwell on the earth. Revelation uses that term. It's all for the lost because we're gone. Now, people will be saved during that time, I believe. And I think we can show that through Revelation and other things. Uh, but see, for us... It's promised for us that we will not see that trial that comes upon the whole world, that he is what comfort one another together. He has not appointed us to wrath, but obtained salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. We are saved, and he's taken all the wrath, so we don't have to worry about it. I praise God for it. And so I think it's clear this is their strongest case for those who say it's at the end. Uh, we'll talk about uh, post-trib a little bit more next week. Um, but it's clearly a passage that's talking about you know, that, hey, it can't be. He's proving it can't be. The rapture has to come first. The day of the Lord is the awful day. It's not the day we look forward to or would be saying, yes, we're in the day of the Lord. It might be happening now. We should look up. Only three and a half more years and he'll be here. But he's like, no, don't be, don't be worried. Don't be troubled. Don't you not know? Comfort one another. We're not going to be here for any of that. You know, endure. Yeah, you're in pain. You're in affliction. You're going through a hard time. But I told you that was going to happen. Keep on. Comfort one another. Uh, comfort your heart. Establish in every good word and work. Keep on keeping on. I'm glad Paul wrote the letter. I'm, I wish we'd have got the lessons that he gave him for the three weeks he was there before, but God saw fit that it wasn't for us. Uh, Lisa. Do you, think, do you think that the rapture happened in this immediately the seven years I think there will be a lag time in between. We're probably chaos, and then we pull through. And, yeah. Maybe that's what got when the Antichrist will come in. That's right. I think he comes in with a plan to say, the world's a chaos. You know, all these people are gone. Hey, I've got a plan. Yeah. So, uh, he does. He brings peace and safety, and, and Revelation tells us some of the things that he's going to do. And we'll, 
it won't be too many more weeks. We'll study about the Antichrist. We'll just go through and we'll look at his, his, his life has a lot of detail of what's going to happen. Uh, I don't want to meet him, and I won't. So praise God. <laughs> I was just thinking, you know, Satan is pretty slick, and he knows how to package something. Mm-hmm. The Antichrist, when he comes into power, people are going to love him. Oh. You think it's a day? The church is Matthew twenty four. Uh, Jesus says, "If it were possible, to even deceive the very elect." I mean, it's you know, and we think of today just in the recent election, and whether singing the chant song. I would never thought I'd live to see us people singing songs to a man and and saying all the things they say unto him. And you have the world. And when you went before the United Nations, they were saying, "We wish you could be the president for life." And, and uh, our time is being geared up and stored. To, you know, we're, we're being we're being led down the, the path, at least the world is, and being ripe for a one-world dictator. They, they want that. Yeah. He's going to be beautiful. And you think of our country and how we've set up people to look at the external images. Mm-hmm. And how the entire world is now, you know, even with Obama. Hollywood. Part of my thing was that, you know, he was good-looking. Young and attractive, yeah. Young, mm-hmm. you know, Yep. Because yep, he transforms himself into the angel of light, still deceiving those, and so it's yep, it's going to be a strong deception, and people, even good people, are going to be duped by him. So yep, praise God, we won't be here because we know the real thing, and we won't fall for the counterfeit, and so we'll be. Uh, we look for the great, uh, the gathering together into him, or the uh, harpazo, or the rapture. Uh, what else do they call it? Uh, the, the glorious, his glorious appearings. That's what we're looking for. So.